How is Brock Purdy? He's going to become the third youngest player to start a Super Bowl. How is he going to handle, man, everything that comes? Forget a, forget about for a second going against the greatest in, quarterback in the world in Patrick Mahomes. Forget about that. How are you going to handle the week? What's up, everybody? Welcome to a Championship Sunday edition of Chasing It. Trey Wingo here with Chase Daniel on the 33rd team. And Chase, what once was is again. For all the things that could have happened for the second time in five years, we've got the Chiefs and the 49ers playing in Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas. They played in Super Bowl 54 in Miami uh, four or five years ago. And in that game, people that might remember or might have forgotten, the Chiefs at one point were down 20 to 10 in the fourth quarter and won by 11 points, 31 to 20. So there's a lot to unpack, uh, and we'll get to everything here. But let's start with the Kansas City Chiefs. This was by far the most flawed team in the Patrick Mahomes era, yet here they are again. I, just, just for context, and I want to get your take on this as a player. Patrick Mahomes has been the starting quarterback since 2018 for six seasons. He's about to play in his fourth Super Bowl in six seasons. Tom Brady didn't yep. do that. Tom Brady didn't make the playoffs his first full year as a starter <laughs> after they won Super Bowl 36, okay? Then they won Super yep. Bowl 38 and 39. I get it. But the, the point is, what we're seeing here in Kansas City is so far outside the realm of normal that I think we've just grown accustomed to it, and that's a sad thing because this does – what we're seeing in Kansas City just doesn't happen. Well, and that's the crazy thing to me, Trey. Like, my wife's from – Kansas City. Like, she's from Lenexa, Kansas, which is 15 minutes south, southwest of KC. Know exactly where it is. And she grew up there, and she literally told me, I mean, she, she doesn't talk football a lot, but she told me, she like, while she was cooking dinner tonight, she cooked some steaks. They were amazing, by the way. Shout out to my wife. Awesome. Um, as good as the egg Benedict better, that you had on that better, you posted on prime Twitter, bone and ribeye. Okay, just, just prime check. bone and ribeye, baby. Let's go. Nice. She's become quite the cook. Um, but nice. she just, we, I was watching the game, obviously, and she's like, I can't believe what I'm seeing because I grew up in an age yeah. where the Chiefs just weren't relevant before Andy Reid. Before Andy Reid's first year in 2013, they were 2-14. and 14. I was able to go there Andy's first year. We started 9-0, made the playoffs, lost, and then they just kept building. They kept building through the draft. John Dorsey was there at the time. Veach took over for him. Yeah. Andy Reid is the staple. I mean, in four, dude, Trey, 44% of Andy Reid's seasons coached as a head coach have taken him to a conference championship game. Almost half of the time he is a head coach at the beginning of the year. He makes a conference championship game and the chiefs just were not relevant. And then you look at when they drafted Patrick Mahomes, that is the moment that changed it all. Okay. They trade up one pick ahead of Sean Payton and the new Orleans saints. Oh my, how that would have changed. Sean Payton probably would have still been the coach at the New Orleans Saints if they stayed there, yeah. okay? So history lesson, it, it's wild to me that one guy, one guy can completely transform your entire organization. And she was just like, look, we had nothing to hope for. And now she's like, now KC fans, they're just griping and complaining and don't understand why they don't win 14 games or 15 games. Uh, we, like they went 11 and six and the media counted them out. People counted them out. I'm like, you guys are crazy. Like literally they, they were 
they didn't lock the division up till the last week of the season. The Broncos and the Raiders still could have had the Sec- second, second to, to last. last yeah, second to last. Week. Once they once they, once they beat the Bengals, yeah, and, it was and over. so it's just this is the first year that I've really been just impressed with the the whole organization in terms of and you and you saw Patrick Mahomes talk about it today uh, when he was giving credit to Spags in his. Um, in his yeah. presser, he was like, "Like, look, I don't have to." Steve Spagnola, yeah. defensive. Steve Spagnola, defensive coordinator. He he was saying Spags like Spags is amazing. He does such good things. He rises to the occasion. And I've had to learn. And this was a telling quote for me. I've had to learn when to pull it back, when not to force things, when to just take the easy completion and understand when a punt or something is not a bad idea and it can help the team. And so that just tells me that they're playing complimentary football, right? This is the best defense by far that Patrick Mahomes has ever had on a Chiefs team that he's been on. And and Trey, look, he's been a starter six years for the Chiefs, six straight AFC Championship games, four freaking Super Bowls. Like, what do you want? And it all comes down, once you get into the tournament, where this is going to be the big theme of our show, playoff experience. If you have playoff experience, you're golden. And that's what Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs have. And once again, it'll end up in another Super Bowl. Yeah, and listen, just, just for, for reference here, the Chiefs played in Super Bowl four, and that forced the merger of the AFL and the NFL because the Jets won Super Bowl three and the Chiefs won Super Bowl four. They didn't make an appearance in Super Bowl Sunday for 53 years, once in 53 years after that, okay? One time. And then since he became the starter, 54, 55, 57, and now 58. Like, it's, it's <laughs> insane. And just, look, what you said is the whole thing. This, this is the most flawed team that they've ever had in Kansas City. The defense is by Easily. far the best. The f- most flawed offense. Juwan Taylor, their big right tackle, free agent offense, most penalized player in the league. Okay, Led the league in drops. Uh, only averaged 21.8 points per game in the regular season. But you know what happened in the playoffs? Five touchdowns for Patrick Mahomes. No interceptions. Today mm-hmm. was the first, or Sunday was the first day he got sacked in his last three playoff games. Going back to the Super Bowl last year, the Eagles didn't get him, the Dolphins didn't get him, and the Bills didn't get him. Finally got sacked in the game against the Ravens. This is what we're talking about here. And, and, you know, everybody, everybody was counting them out. You know, I saw all the predictions. You look at it everywhere. I'm like, what is it going to take for you to not bet against this guy? Like, what is it? We're at the point now with the Chiefs and Mahomes that it's like betting against Brady and Belichick in New England. Okay, like yeah. you can do it, totally. and occasionally you might be right. But what the hell are you doing? Like they went down yeah. and scored touchdowns on their first two drives, and they carved up the number one scoring defense in the NFL. But I'm glad you brought up Steve Spagnola because it's easy to point to Mahomes. I'm like everyone said, oh, well, he won't be any good on the road. Well, okay, he's now two and zero in road playoff games, or the team is two and zero with Patrick <laughs> Mahomes as a starting quarterback in road playoff games. Okay, I get that. But what what we're seeing from Mahomes now is very similar to Derek Jeter's career arc. And I want to, I want to put this in perspective. The Yankees played so many freaking playoff games uh, with Derek Jeter that he actually played 158 play- postseason games, which is essentially a regular season. I don't think he ever played 150 games in, in the regular season. You take a few off here and there. You know what I mean? I don't think he ever played 158. I might be wrong. Uh, Chinch, our producer, could fact-check me on that. He's a huge <laughs> yeah. baseball guy. He'll let me know. But, you know... In those, in those 158 postseason games, that's essentially a regular season of baseball, Jeter hit 308, had 20 home runs, 61 RBIs, scored 111 runs. In other words, he was amazing, okay, in his postseason career. Well, this was the 17th game 
of Patrick Mahomes. 17th oh, career you're postseason give me the stats, game. Aren't you? I can't wait to see it. Patrick Mahomes has led the Chiefs to a 14 and 3 record over that time frame. He's completed 68% of his passes. He has 44 touchdowns against eight giveaways and a no. passer rating well north of 106. We are seeing Patrick Mahomes in real time elevate his play to the same level that Derek Jeter leveled his postseason play when the Yankees were on that historic run. And I know people are going to say, what about Tom Brady? Go take a look at a great post by the 33rd team on the Instagram about Patrick Mahomes' numbers versus Tom Brady's numbers uh, yeah. through, through the first six seasons. I think Brady was 12. Brady and the Patriots were 12-2. and two, Mahomes is 14-3. and three. You can call that a push. Well ahead in passer rating. Well ahead in yards. Well ahead in touchdowns. This is what we're seeing. And, and what we saw, most importantly for me, in the game against the AFC Championship game, he never panicked, okay? Mm. They, they, they went up 17-7 to at the half, uh, and, and then they sort of slogged through the second half. But he knew not to make the big mistake. He knew that sometimes the best thing you can do as a quarterback is to throw an incomplete pass because totally. he trusted the defense that you mentioned, the second-best scoring defense, by the way, in the NFL this season, and the number one second-half scoring defense in the NFL. And people will say, well, they got a little lucky uh, with the Zay Flowers right? fumble and the, and the Lamar Jackson interception. No, no, no. That was a hell of a play by Legereus Sneed. That's not luck. That's a guy knowing I need to make a play on the ball. And isn't it interesting, ironic, karmic, whoever you want to count it, a week after Miko Hardman kept the Bills in the game by fumbling a ball out of the end zone when they could have got up by 10 points, Legereus Sneed keeps Baltimore basically out of the game by punching out that ball and allowing it to be a touchback. This defense, by the way, was the number one scoring defense in the second half this yep. entire NFL regular season. They gave up seven points a game in the second half. They gave up three on the road, on the road to the uh, one of the most prolific offenses in football that has the presumptive MVP. So while the, while the Kansas City offense is flawed, this is far and away the best defense they'll ever bring to a Super Bowl. And Patrick Mahomes realizing that, knowing, hey, I don't have to step on the gas. I just don't have to screw it up. And, yeah. and, and then, Chase, to clinch the game, who does he go to? MBS, MBS? baby. Cover MBS? zero. Throw it up. Man, I tweeted and so I saw your tweet too. I was like, man, isn't it ironic how the Chiefs in this season are going to the Super Bowl with a Chiefs receiver making a tremendous catch to send them to the Super Bowl? And of all people, MVS. Like, couldn't couldn't write a better script, bro. Well, it, it's kind of interesting. Like he's now this run with me here, okay? Run with me here. But MVS is kind of becoming Frank Clark. And people say, what the hell are you talking about? Okay, Frank Clark is a defensive end who you know, played yeah. for the Chiefs and won two Super Bowls with them. And he was always okay during the regular season. But playoff Frank, the Shark, was a killer. Absolute guy who went and made play after play in postseason game after postseason game. Marquez Valdez-Scantling was terrible this regular season. There's no way around it. It was terrible. But last AFC Championship game against the Bengals when Kadarius Toney got hurt, Juju Smith-Schuster got hurt, Mecole Hardman got hurt, Sky Moore got hurt. MVS was amazing in that game, yeah. and he had the second-half yeah. touchdown that gave them uh, that that put them up twenty and had a couple. They, they don't win that AFC Championship game. Is the point I'm making without Marquez Valdez Scantling. 
against Buffalo to start the second half. Huge play, Huge play. when they yeah, took the lead. He had another contested catch, and when they absolutely had to have it on Sunday against the Ravens on third and goal, on third and whatever, when they needed to run out the clock, he a very difficult catch. So Frank Clark is like channeling, or MBS <laughs> is kind of channeling his inner Frank Clark. Nobody saw that coming. That's a, that's a really good. Uh... <laughs> comparison by you right I, I didn't think I didn't think of it like that but if you follow Chiefs and understand Chiefs you'll understand the comparison yeah I mean trade like at the end of the day like the team with Mahomes is hard to bet on and that's how against, I like it hard to, to bet like, against yeah it's hard to bet against sorry it's hard yeah. to bet against and I liken him to like in basketball like MJ and LeBron bro like he's always gonna have their team yeah. in contention and when the time comes he's gonna make enough plays and what's crazy to me is how he's doing it specifically in these playoffs. And it has a lot to do with Andy Reid and Matt Nagy. Look, Andy Reid and Matt Nagy as offensive coordinator and play caller have gotten their fair share of criticism throughout the entire Absolutely. year. Yeah. They, only, they didn't even, they barely scored over three touchdowns a game, the worst in Patrick Mahomes six years as a starter. And it just, they, they never really clicked. And they never really got it going. Pacheco was out some. They had some other injuries, the drops and Chiefs receivers. Travis Kelsey for a six-game stretch was like nowhere to be found. Mahomes was trying to do it himself. And I will say they've really revamped and retooled this offensive scheme, this offensive strategy, and this offensive play calling. It has been amazing to see. And quite honestly, it's been through three playoff games right now for Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and Matt Nagy. They've thrown the ball 11 more times than they've ran the ball. So talk yeah. about a balanced offense, right? Andy Reid knows that defense and running the football when it matters the most wins football games on the road and it travels in playoffs. Now you're going to unleash the best player in the world. Eventually he's going to get theirs. I love the fact that they came out throwing quick game to start the game. Mahomes did some Mahomes stuff throughout the game, obviously. But that's the type of stuff that you need as a quarterback. You understand <clears throat> you don't have to make the huge play at all times. It's not like you're dropping back, heavy play action, shot plays all the time. You just got to dink and dunk. You got to make plays when they're there. He made some amazing plays. The back shoulder, or should I say back kneecap, uh, throw to Travis Kelsey was insane <laughs> yeah. against Kyle Hamilton. Like, like absurd. Yeah. Like, not many people in the world can make that throw trade. Just bottom line, like, you can't do it. But the biggest thing that stood out to me through these three playoff, playoff games is the fact of how balanced they are. I, I said on NFL Network on Friday on Total Access, I said, who, I said who's going to have the bigger impact? Is it going to be Isaiah Pacheco or Travis Kelsey if the Chiefs were going to go up to Baltimore and win this game in which uh, a game that Baltimore was favored by four? Okay, Patrick yeah. Mahomes is 10-3 and three as an underdog. That's huge, okay? And I said, can I say both? Can I say both Isaiah yeah. Pacheco and Travis Kelsey? And I ended up picking Isaiah Pacheco, and Pacheco had like 50 yards on the opening drive. Shortest at the tone, a rush, a throw, uh, stuff like that. And, and I think the way he's come back from injury and a seventh rounder in a second year in these playoff-type atmospheres, in these playoff games, he's played in four playoff games, Almost all four, he's had over 70 yards rushing and a touchdown. Obviously didn't get that today. But it just shows like they're willing to lean on someone else other than Patrick Mahomes. And in the end, it makes Mahomes and Kelsey more dangerous. And that's the biggest thing well, with this offense that I've seen. Well, you mentioned Pacheco. I want to point something out here, okay? The 2022 draft class will go down as one of the reasons they've been able to continue this dynasty. 
Totally. Yes, they, they screwed up with, uh, with Sky Moore, right? And he's been a non-factor. Um, Trent McDuffie is a first-team All-Pro. George Karlaftis, double-digit sacks this year. Constant pressure. He's been amazing. Then you get Joshua Williams, Jalen Watson, Brian Cook, the safety, and Isaiah Pacheco, all in that 2022 draft. That's an incredible draft. You get that really? many starters. You get that many starters out of one draft. You've done an amazing, amazing job. And also, oh. the other thing, what you have to do is you have to have your best players play their best in big games. Kelsey, 11 targets, 11 receptions, over 100 yards, and a touchdown. He has more receptions yeah. in postseason history than Jerry Rice. Which is absurd. He has more postseason like, that's receptions. That's crazy to me. He has more postseason receptions than Jerry. So, you know, you can say whatever you want if you're an injured quarterback, say, for a team in New York who, uh, you know, didn't play really well much this season because he hurt his Achilles and had these you little jokes on this little show. Yeah, a little bit. And he calls oh. him Mr. Pfizer. Call him Mr. Playoff Performer because that's yeah. something you can't really say about you, Aaron Rodgers. Can't really say that. For all the success you've had, seen a lot of one and dones yeah, on your resume yeah, outside yeah. of that uh, one wild card run in the 2011. So put some respect behind Travis Kelsey's name, okay? When the yeah. lights are the brightest, there are three certainties in life death, taxes, and Mahomes to Kelsey for a yeah. postseason touchdown in the NFL yeah. playoffs. That's it. Everything else is subject to anything else. All right. You and I have a disagreement on one side about the Ravens, and we'll get them the Ravens a little bit later here. I thought they succumbed to the pressure. And I thought as much as the Chiefs did as many things as they needed to win this game, the Ravens had a huge hand in losing this game. I'll make my case, and then I'll let you do what you need to do. Yeah. Four personal foul penalties. All of them really dumb. Kyle Van Noy headbutting Travis Kelsey. Uh, yeah, you know, was, the, the big uh, 98 taking action, like hitting Patrick Mahomes in the head on, a, on an incompletion. jabbed him upside the head. That was uh, that, wow. that was dumb. Uh, you know, another roughing the passer, Jadeveon Clowney headbutting Patrick Mahomes. Like, what are you doing? And then uh, Zay Flowers with a taunting penalty after that big play that pushed them back. And then, of course, he eventually fumbled it out of the end zone. And then, and then yeah. on the sidelines was upset, threw his helmet down and hurt his finger, uh, being hurt upset about the fumble, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, it, Lamar had a fumble and an interception into triple coverage in the red zone. They had two red zone interceptions. Uh, Lamar should have thrown a pick six to Nick Bolton. He just dropped it. That's, of course, why he plays linebacker. I think this game was lost by the Ravens as much as it was won by Kansas City. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I get it. And, 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 you know, you were putting it in our group text with our producer, Chinch, and our team, like, hey, like, uh, you know, Bill Belichick, you always used to say, hey, there's more games in the NFL that, that are lost than one. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, probably. I, I just think that by saying that by saying that the Ravens lost this more than the Chiefs won this I think it's just a little bit of not disrespect's not the right word it just takes a little bit away from the Chiefs and what they were able to do on the road as underdogs and look I do get it like the personal foul penalties totally un- dumb. like four of them dumb dude just dumb completely dumb and look Zay Flowers you make a huge play to get you back in this game, 51 or 56 yard uh, receiving uh, catch or whatever, and you taunt it and you just flip the ball and say, like, you can't do that. You haven't done that all year. All eyes are on you. Look, he's a rookie. He made a rookie mistake. And then we saw it again, Trey. We've seen it twice in these playoffs. Do not reach on a touchdown run unless it's fourth down. And LeJarrius yeah. was right there to peanut punch it out. And so I do think that the, the penalties on the side of the Ravens 
was too much. But I do think that, like, what I see in this game specifically was I saw a very suffocating defense by C. Spagnola. The only really big plays they had were on that busted, like, one of those busted plays that Lamar, like, got out of three sacks and threw that insane touchdown, which, by the way, there's, like, right. two or three guys on the planet that can do that. And so I saw and a suffocating defense. Jackson. I saw the most efficient uh, quarterback play in a while, really all year long that I've seen from Patrick Mahomes. I, I saw a, a team that didn't make stupid mistakes in the Kansas City Chiefs because it comes down to championship experience. They've played six straight seasons with Patrick Mahomes, and they've all ended either in a Super Bowl win or an AFC championship game. So that, yeah. to me, is like they were by far the most experienced team on the field. And I think it really showed even in a hostile environment where the weather, it started raining in the second half, the chiefs got off to a really fast start, 14 points in the first two drives. They only scored three, the rest of the way and sort of said, Hey, you know what? Our best top ranked uh, defense. That's only allowing seven points per game in the second half. Go do your thing. Okay. Uh, punts good. Well, let's just not make the big mistake. And I think that yeah. with the coaching and the been there, done it before factor really showed up. And then I think it's something that I'm sure we'll get into, but it's something you got to say about Lamar Jackson. He's two and four in the playoffs. We'll, and we'll it's just something that hasn't happened yet for him this far in his career. And again, uh, we'll have a bigger discussion about that a little bit later because there is a lot to talk about there. Some of it's real and some of it is just noise. But by the way, earlier today, while we were doing the AFC Championship game or watching the AFC Championship game, had a chance to do a little fun in-game action uh, in the game between the Ravens and the Chiefs with our sponsors uh, from Locker. And uh, we put a little clip together with this. Check it out. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I'm going to say Pacheco. Pacheco is killing it for us on this drive, by the way, right now. Travis Kelsey touchdown. Great for Kansas City, but screwed me on the bet. We were riding Pacheco, man. He was our guy. He was our horse. Until he wasn't. All right, next bet here is what will be the result of the Ravens' next drive. I think they need to respond early after a three and up and giving up a touchdown. That's the number one scoring defense in the NFL in the regular season. I'm going to get a field goal on this drive. Wow, unbelievable play by Lamar. That's the thing that you can't account for. Looked like twice on that drive he was sacked, threw one away, and then the touchdown to Zay Flowers. That rookie has been phenomenal. So we're tied at seven. Chiefs have the ball next. How many offensive yards for Pacheco? I'm going to go over 15 and a half yards. A few moments later. Wait a minute. He got 14? 14 yards. We missed it by a yard and a half? Son of a... So go check out Locker, the Locker app. In-game action. Uh, I didn't fare so well, but... <laughs> I enjoyed playing. Let's just leave it that way. I, enjoy, I enjoyed playing. And so, like we said at the top, Chase, we're going to have a rematch of Super Bowl 54. It is the 49ers and the Lions. And again, I would argue that this game was lost as it, much as it was won, but give San Francisco 49ers and credit. Chiefs, right? Yeah, 49ers and Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I'm talking about the 49ers yeah. and the Lions in the NFC yeah. Championship game. Yeah. Uh, I, I think this game was lost as much as it was won, but let's, get, let's give San Francisco credit. The knock on Kyle Shanahan was, you can't come from behind. Can't do it. Well, they've done it two straight weeks in the fourth quarter. They become the first team, Chase, in conference championship game history to be down 17 and win. Teams down 17 at the half had been 0-21 before Sunday, but they erased that entire great start by the Lions, outscoring the, the Lions 17 to nothing in the fourth quarter, wow. and then come away with a huge, huge uh, touchdown drive late to seal it. 
This was really impressive by San Francisco, the way they hung in there. Yeah, I, I, was, I was impressed with, look, when you are at your home stadium and you have a team coming in that are wearing the all-white jerseys, which I've always loved the all-white Lions jerseys. Like, those are so sweet. Yeah. On the road, the all-whites, like, can't get any better. And literally, you, you give up, you get punched in the mouth the first half. Like, let's just call it like it is. Like, they took it to San Francisco, Detroit did, and they ran it right down their throats. Jamison Williams. Again, Williams. second straight week. <clears throat> second straight week. Yeah, and, and that's what was a little bit, I was just like, I'm sure America was thinking like, oh my gosh, like, is this really going to be a route and a blowout? And they just sort of stuck with it, stuck with it. Brock Purdy threw an interception early, and they get to halftime, and, you know, they should have been down they should have been on more, but we'll get to that yeah. in a second. Um, but I, I do think that the way that Kyle Shanahan was able to get his team to respond, specifically that defense and Brock Purdy. I thought Brock Purdy balled out in the second half. I thought Hell the yeah, difference in the game was his 51 yards rushing. And I went on a tangent on NFL Network on Friday night saying, like, I just don't understand the hate that Brock Purdy gets. Look, I know that he hasn't played perfect like every person in America wants him to play in every single game. That's unattainable. That's not the goal. Yeah. When the stuff matters the most, okay, they scored 27 unanswered points in the second half, Trey. Like, what do you want at home against a team of destiny? I've been calling the team of destiny in Detroit Lions and Dan Campbell. Like, say what it is. They had to come back in the Green Bay game, in the divisional round, and they had to come back in the championship game. And it just becomes the championship experience. They've been to, I think, four of the last five NFC championship games. They played That's in 35% of all NFC championship games ever played. 19 Champion, they played in 19 NFC championship games, Trey, out of like 54. It's absurd. They know how to do it. It's a culture set in that locker room led by those two linebackers on defense. They were getting run down their throat. They didn't do much in the second half. Jared Goff, I thought, played pretty well. But at the end of the day, man, they got the right things handed to them at the right time, and they took advantage of the mistakes that the Lions made. Well, first of all, the, the Brandon Ayuk uh, big 51-yard grab off Kendall Vildor's face uh, Boom. Will, will, will always <laughs> certainly help. And I'm taking nothing away from San Francisco. When, you, when you're down 21-7, to 7, you're down 14 to nothing, and you find a way to turn it around, you did the job. That's yeah. on you. But you just said it. The moment looked too big for the Lions. Totally. Okay? I agree. Um, drop passes, uh, turnovers. And then I, I, I want to be clear about this. I love Dan Campbell. I Me think too. Dan Campbell is great. And I think Dan Campbell is going to do great things for the Lions because he's going to learn from this because he screwed it up today. He screwed it up twice in the second half from the 28-yard line in the third quarter and the 30-yard line in the fourth quarter. You know, a, a field goal from the 28-yard line in the third quarter would have put them back up by 10, 17 points. 17 yep. points. 17. And then the Brandon Ayu play – only cuts it to a 10-point possession. And then late in that game in the fourth quarter, you have a chance to tie the NFC Championship game with a field goal from about 45 yards, and Badgley is really good. Badgley's you and Badgley great. were together in, with the yeah. Chargers, right? You, yeah, you were together. yeah, he's okay. been great. Yeah. So, you know, Badgley's a, he's a good kicker. He's not yeah. an average kicker. He's a really, really good Inside kicker. Inside 50, he's so, nails. 
Yeah, so you had the opportunity. And I know what people are going to say. Well, that's what got them here. That's what they've done all year. That's what people you know, are saying on Twitter. All of it. I read all and, of it. And, just, and you know yeah. what that means? A bucket of shit. You know what that means? <laughs> you, know what, you know what Bill Belichick's greatest quality was? The same thing that Jimmy Johnson's greatest quality was. I don't care we need to do it our way. What do we need to do to win the game or stay in the game, right? Go back to the uh, NFC Championship game, the the Cowboys' first one in the 90s when they were on the road in San Francisco. They were rolling. They were up 24 to 10. And then the Niners score a couple of times, make it 24 to 20. Jimmy turns to Norv Turner, the offensive corner, and says, do whatever you need to do to win the game. And instead of handing it off to Emmitt Smith, what do they do? They throw a bomb to Alvin Harper that sets up a Kelvin Martin touchdown. Okay? Bill Belichick, on more than one occasion, whatever, be an amoeba, be a paramecium, be something that can mold and change and be different. Teams that say, well, that's how we've done it all year, and that's what we're going to do, and don't take into consideration the time and the magnitude of the moment. Do what Dan Campbell did today. I love Dan. He cost them an opportunity to go to the Super Bowl today by twice not going for field goals. But by the way, had they kicked those two field goals, they probably win the frickin' game, okay? Yeah. So you yeah. have to manage you. your decisions based on the magnitude of the moment. And Dan got away with that for almost all of the three yeah. years he's been the Lions head coach. You can't play around with that shit when a, a chance to the Super Bowl is on the line for a team that has never been there, one of the yeah. four. You have to think about it differently in the moment. And that was the mistake the Lions made more than anything. Yeah, I, I I totally agree with you. Look, it's a it's a fair critique, and um, like Dan Campbell, I, I'm sure that he'll take responsibility for it. I'm sure he'll also say, "Hey, this is ha- what got us here." Just like everyone else that's saying, "Hey, whoa, well, just okay." No, I got it. Okay, work but that way. you Doesn't have work to that take way. yeah, and you have to take. You're right. You are right. You have to take the magnitude of the moment. You're in an NFC Championship game on the road. The momentum, the big mode, that is a real thing. That yeah. I don't care what anyone says. Players feel it. Coaches feel it. You want to be hyper-aggressive, that's great. But I just think, especially Trey, okay, forget about the second field goal, the fourth and two that he didn't kick to tie the game, which is bad enough. We'll get to that in a second. The yeah. first field goal that he did not attempt, and they got stopped on, when Momentum. He, could have, he could have gone up, and their Lions could have gone up three scores. That, to me, is a huge difference between going up two scores and three scores. When you can go up 17 points in a game, you have to take in the, the second half and the chance to take it because it's just you got to play a little bit of analytic-driven right there. That, to me, was not yeah. analytic-driven, okay? And if you do that and you just still go for it on the last one, it's a tie game, and we're going into overtime. But if you also just – literally fourth and two, and you take the field goal, like you, oh man, it's just like, how can you not take a chance to tie? How can you not take a chance to tie the game that late in the game? And honestly, Trey, honestly, he sort of got bailed out by a third one. Fourth down, they call a timeout the very end of the game, they're down 10. I would say a- after, they thousand, ran it, after they yes. ran it, by the way, before that, what was that timeout, play call? They yeah. use a timeout so their season comes down to can we get an onside kick, which is like yeah. a 4% success rate or 3.5% success, whatever it is. Yeah. He got bailed out there too because, in my opinion, 
you're down that close, you have to take the chance at kicking a field goal. And because if you don't get it, the game's over. The game is yep. over. And people are like, well, you're close enough to do it. Whatever. I have a perfect example of that play. It was a New York Giants. <clears throat> we, I was starting for the Chicago Bears. We were down 10 with a minute and a half left. We go drive down the field. Identical situations. I think it's in 2018. We're down 10. A minute left. No timeouts. Okay, I think they had called a timeout for some reason. We go to the sideline. Nagy's like, okay, trying to get a fourth down play ready to go. And I'm like, Nagy, bro, it's fourth down. Kick it, kick it. Just kick the damn ball. He ends up kicking it. I think it's a smart decision. We end up getting an onside kick, going down, scoring on the last play in the game to get it to overtime. So at least you give yourself a chance at Extend the game. extending the game. Okay, the and game. so... I, like I was, I'm glad they scored on it. It was a great throw. I think Jameson Williams caught the touchdown. But it's really three of those decisions that are gonna like probably when the dust settles and he's having these meetings in a few weeks and he's just reminiscing on this game. He'll probably be like, I probably should have kicked one or two or both of yeah. those. And so it's just unfortunate because my my wife was rooting for the Lions and she was like, I don't know, it just feels like a team of destiny. I was like, I totally agree with everything that they were doing. I mean, you saw all these uh, uh, cutaway shots that Fox was showing of Ford Field in Detroit, like rocking. Like these fans would have gone crazy if they would have went to their first ever Super Bowl. So just an unfortunate ending to their season. Yeah, look, Dan Campbell's in in no trouble. I mean, and I think he'll learn from this, but the decisions you make have an impact that you don't think about sometimes if you're in this hyper-aggressive go for it all the time. And and I'm a big believer, especially on the road, stay in the game as long as possible. That's the whole thing. And I go back again to Bill Belichick. Super Bowl 51, when they were getting trounced by the Eagles, they kept getting the ball down there. It was 28 to 6. Then it was 28 to 9. And it was 28 to 12. He kept kicking the field goal instead of going for it on fourth down because he knew, okay, we're still in the game. And then they get the one hit from Dante Hightower, the strip sack fumble, and that changed everything. They got two touchdowns, two two two-point conversions to tie the game. Stay in the game as long as you can. I think that's – I hope that Dan learns that lesson because everything else he did this year was absolutely amazing. And and you'd hate to see – that be some sort of staining thing on his legacy because I think they, they can learn from this and they're in good shape. Uh, they're, they're in good shape going forward. Now, I mentioned the word legacy and we need to address this. And we talked about it a little bit. A lot of people said this was a legacy game for Lamar Jackson. And once again, he was very uneven in, this, in the first half like he was against the Texans where he was 7-11. He had five completions in the first half. One of them was to himself. Okay. Which was the one cra- of them was well, I himself. will say that was the craziest play I've ever seen. Was one of the most unbelievable he plays stole I've ever it seen. from the dude. It was like unbelievable. Yeah. Like, what are we doing, dude? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he hustled there and got that ball, but he struggled. And then in the second half, he started getting his rhythm, but he had a fumble in the first half. He also should have thrown a pick six, six to Nick Bolton, Nick hit Bolton. him in the hands in the yep. second half, uh, and, and then threw just a killer interception. I think it was on first or second down. It wasn't on third down. Into triple yeah. coverage. Yeah. Uh, into Isaiah Likely. Like, yeah, there Isaiah was no Likely. chance that ball was yeah. going to be completed. He made a couple of wild plays. Kept, you know, the, kept running around. He didn't ever look comfortable. What it, he didn't ever, yeah. it didn't ever feel like I'm poor. I mean, they kept taking these deep shots, too, instead of screens. You know, they kept taking these second and 10, third and 10, like 25, 30-yard yeah. throws downfield. It just felt like the moment was there, and they didn't react to it well, especially yeah. Lamar. Yeah. Look, I, I think that's a fair assessment. 
spot on Trey. And I, and I do think that, you know, I was one of the people that said, I said, Hey, like this is a legacy game for Lamar because quite honestly, it doesn't matter if you have two MVPs. He was the first one to say it. He's like, I'm getting old. I got to win myself a Lombardi trophy. I don't care about the MVP. Yeah. He's going to have a second MVP. And it just comes back in my opinion, in my opinion to his playoff history. He's two and four in the playoffs. Yeah. Like, like, like he just, he, like he won a playoff game this year against a rookie head coach and a rookie, uh, Quarterback. Uh, quarterback, you know, and that's great. But my whole thing was like, if you really want the narrative to change, and, and look, I think, and we're big believers at this show and chasing it of Lamar Jackson. Like, I think what Lamar has done this year, absolutely, he deserves to be the MVP, and no, rightfully earned. so. And I do think that the supporting cast he's put around himself with the GM and the head coach and Todd Munkin as a first time. Play caller for for Lamar. I think it's really changed, and, and that's that's what I get to when 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 your GM and your head coach and everything is put around you. The pieces that they went out and got at the receiver position, Isaiah Likely, Mark Andrews, and you build this entire thing around Lamar, and you give him the number one running game in the NFL, and he still isn't able to deliver, it just doesn't bode well for me. Like, they built this yeah. entire roster. They built this entire roster around Lamar. And I do think, I do think, however, this specific game, I think you got to put it a lot on Todd Munkin. Okay, they ran the ball 15 or 16 yeah. times, whatever it was. Gus Edwards had three carries, and it just was shot after shot. After. I don't think the plan was very good. Look, Spags at his heart is a too high shell defense. So you got six or seven in the box at all times. Run the ball into oblivion against this team. And they yeah. got away from it. And I just don't quite understand why. And I just don't think the play calling did him any justice for this game. I would agree with you. There was a third and one on the fourth quarter where they dropped back to pass and it turned out to be a sack and then they got it on fourth down. But like you said, you're the number one rushing team in the NFL. Third and one? What the hell are you doing? Just go in there. So all of those things you're talking about, to me, why the Ravens, they didn't handle the moment well. They didn't handle the moment well. And I hope that Lamar learns from this because I still think he's an unbelievable football player. And I will say this. Don't discount those MVPs, right? Mm -hmm. We get, we're so conscious totally. of ring, 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 ring. And I get it. It's a team game. Teams win championships. Teams, win, teams lose games. Teams win games. Don't ever be upset about your own personal excellence. You know? And a lot of honesty, if you ask a lot of these players who had a great career but never won a ring and they're a Hall of Famer, would they really trade all of that for one championship ring? I don't know if they would if they're honest about it. Look, you want it. Go get it. If you, if you can have it, great. But don't take away from what you do yeah. as an individual in terms of your ability to excel in this game. I, I just think that in this moment, and we talked about it before, how would, how would the Ravens handle the moment? Lamar, the play calling, and some of the defense early, they did not handle it well. Zay Flowers did not handle it well. Keith Van no. Noy with a stupid penalty did not handle it well. Uh, you know, the... You know, Jadavian Clowney headbutting Patrick Mahomes. You didn't handle it well. Uh, yeah. And so the team, to me, the, the big overriding theme for me, the teams that had been there before knew what they could do and, more importantly, knew what they couldn't do to get to where they wanted to be. 
Yeah, I do think this will this will serve this experience, this playoff run, this this season for Lamar. It has unlocked a, a a player that I think Lamar maybe didn't even think he had in him in terms of hey, okay, I can do it all. Like I would say, when Greg Roman was the OC, there was not a lot of passing, like true concept passing. You go back Downfield, and you look and you yeah. study, yeah, and you study Todd Monk and what he's done this year and what the receivers have done: Zay Flowers, OBJ, Rashad Bateman, Nelson Aguilar, Mark Andrews, Isaiah Likely. I mean, the list goes on. They had some amazing guys step up. I think this challenge, this season challenged Lamar in ways that maybe he wasn't challenged. Uh, and I think, I think it made him a better player in the end. And I mean by like the route concepts and the different ways that you can beat defenses, RPO, play, they were so multiple, play action, under center play action, under center runs. And that's what made them so hard to defend on offense. And I think year two under Todd Munkin and what Lamar can do and they can build off this year, like I think in the, ultimately in the end he got that little taste of going against the very best and the very brightest stage in the AFC and falling short. And I think it'll make him better for it. It absolutely will. So like we said at the top, we're doing it again. Super Bowl 58 is a rematch of Super Bowl 54. It's the Chiefs and the Ravens. The, I mean, excuse me, the Chiefs and the 49ers. The 49ers are probably going to be favored in that game. Just tell me right now, early thoughts. I don't do know like? about that. I don't know. I don't know if the 49ers are going to be favored. That, be that's the first thing that, that's the first thing that came to my, to my head was like, who, because of what the Chiefs have been doing and the way the 49ers have been playing. So I don't know. I mean, the first thoughts are... I mean, look, it's easy because I played quarterback in the NFL. I think the easiest way and storyline for me in really a lot of people is Brock Purdy. San Francisco's two and a half point favorite, by the way. Yeah, I don't, I don't agree with that. I don't agree. I mean, Mahomes is ten and three is underdog, so go ahead and go ahead and make him underdog. But anyway, I digress. Back to my point. Um, so I think the biggest storyline, truly, like how is Brock Purdy? He's going to become the third youngest player to start a Super Bowl. How is he going to handle, man, everything that comes? Forget a, forget about for a second going against the greatest in, quarterback in the world in Patrick Mahomes. Forget about that. How are you going to handle the week? Okay. How are you going to handle the insane amount of ticket requests? How are you going to handle all your family? How are you going to handle game planning for two weeks? Do I watch enough film? Do I watch less film? Should I just like chill out for a few days? What should my workout schedule be? What should the travel schedule be? When I get there to Vegas, okay, we get stay in one hotel until the day before the game. Then we have to switch. Dude, there is so much stuff going on and you have to just keep the main thing, the main thing. And it'll really test him throughout these next two weeks. And then you look at the other side of the ball. I think I think that the uh, Chiefs' defense matches up really well with this 49ers offense. So I, I think that this Chiefs, in both sides of the football, you have to give them – because the way the 49ers have been on defense too, like by the way, like they just really haven't been stopping anyone. If this gets into a shootout, I'm going Mahomes all the way. The way the 49ers have to play this game, in my opinion, you have to shorten the game – keep Mahomes off the field you have to be almost perfect you can't give Mahomes I'm sorry you can't give Mahomes a 17 point lead you can't do it and so you got to come out fast you got to start fast this is a different team when they played them last time in the, in the Super Bowl so I think the biggest storyline for me though without a doubt 
is we know how Mahomes handles Super Bowls, right? He's been there. He's done it. It's expected. How is this young 49ers team, specifically Brock Purdy, going to handle the week leading up to the Super Bowl and then the week of the Super Bowl when there's a hundred some odd million people watching you play? All right, you just gave a great detailed analogy and, and explanation of what you're thinking. Mine is simple. Which team does Patrick Mahomes play for? Oh! That, that's it. That's it. I mean, like, you just said the numbers. Like, the only two quarterbacks to lead their teams to victory over him are Tom Brady and Joe Burrow. And I don't think Brock Purdy is Tom Brady or Joe Burrow. So, I, uh, I feel very but wouldn't it? But wouldn't it, Trey, wouldn't it change? Yeah. Like, like, you know, we're big believers here, Brock Purdy, on the show. Wouldn't it change yeah. the freaking narrative if Brock Purdy – could beat Patrick Mahomes. Could you imagine all if Brock of his Purdy haters? could lead the Niners to beat yeah. Brock. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Could, but like, could you imagine? Like, yeah. like think about all the people that are giving them crap the whole year, all the haters, they'd be in yeah. shambles, man. They wouldn't know what to do. No. So I'm looking forward we'll, to it. We'll, yeah, it'll be great. And uh, we'll end the show here. Um, and I, and I really, for all the things that went wrong for the Ravens and all the things that went wrong for the Lions, on one level, my heart goes out to every single player on that team because I think losing Championship Sunday is way worse oh, than losing God, the Super Bowl the by a million miles. And people are like, what are you talking about? Let me explain. If you get to a Super Bowl, at least you say, I had a chance. I had my shot. I had an opportunity. All I want as a player is give me that opportunity. Give me a chance to play for a ring, and I'm good. And if we don't, come up, if we don't get the deal done, we come up short, that's fine. But to lose today, Mm. On Championship Sunday, when you're this close to having that opportunity, I think it's a hundred times worse because you know you didn't get your shot. Yep, and it makes your pocket checkbook uh, about a hundred grand lighter too if you if you're losing this because you don't get the money for going to the Super Bowl. So that probably hurts too. Some of the guys with the contracts not really concerned about that, but it's just just it's the idea. Just give me well, yeah, the Gunners on special teams, absolutely. Lamar, he's good. Uh, it's just the everyone wants the chance. Just give me yeah, the chance, and to lose on Championship Sunday, I just cut your heart out. So well, and especially just just because how hard it is to get there too, right? I mean, like it's yeah. just unless, so unless hard. you're unless you're Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, <laughs> six straight. It's unbelievable. It's All right, Chase. Good. Always good to talk to you, and we will have lots to talk about in the next couple of weeks. We'll see you then. 